Save the vegetables, dog food stalls with the beefcake pantyhose. Kill the headlights and put it in neutral. Stock car flaming with the loser and the cruise control. Babies in Reno with the vitamin D. Got a couple of couches. Sleep on the love seat. So I can't see it. I've been to complain about What's going on, Welcome back to another episode of the Whistler Gallery Place podcast. Brennan and Domo back on the show. It is Tuesday the 5th. We just got over July 4th weekend. Summer League is somewhat kicked off. And uh, just real quick, I want to thank Chase Hughes again for taking the time to come on and chat with us last week for a little bit. We'll have a couple more guests. I know you guys will be excited to hear from uh, the before the season kicks off. But it feels like it's been a minute before we've just gotten to kind of just, just chill out and just talk about not only what's going on with the Wizards, but with what's going on around the NBA, because a lot has changed. So how have you enjoyed this free agency, trade, post-draft NBA so far? It's been, uh, it's been pretty exciting, I think. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, kind of as it always is around this time with NBA free agency. I mean, it's some people might argue it's the best part of the NBA. Uh, you know, it's been it's been a whirlwind. Um, definitely did not have, you know, Kevin Durant demanding a trade and the whole Nets thing blowing up after they traded, you know, a million picks to get Harden there. And, you know, it's it's like it's almost like it's a repeat of what happened, you know, with them giving that Godfather offer to the to the Celtics for, for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. It's like they just can't seem to get right, even when you think they're doing the right thing at the time. Um, going into the Wizards summer league schedule a little bit. Today is like we said the fifth, and I think our first game is what Saturday the ninth. I think right against Detroit is our first game, so we gotta wait a little bit. But uh, we'll definitely be excited to see uh, Isaiah Todd, uh, Johnny Davis. I don't think Enzosa is gonna play for the summer league team. I don't think I saw him on the on the roster, but um, Jordan Shackle, of course. So a, a few guys that we have right that. They're either going to be on the team or have a chance to maybe uh, two-way contracts, which I don't think we've filled out any of those yet. So I'm um, definitely going to be excited to to watch Summer League and watch our, our young guys hopefully continue to develop into being useful players for us. But Dama, the Eastern Conference is, um, has not really taken a break. There have been a lot of teams that – I feel like have improved. Um, one being the team that represented the East in the finals this year, uh, the Boston Celtics. I mean, they've essentially lost no one, um, but they gained Malcolm Brogdon, who I would assume is going to be the starter. Maybe they view him as a backup. I don't know exactly what's going to be going on with that whole deal with Marcus Smart, but then they also added Tanilo Gallinari, who I think is actually going to help a ton, but um, the the Atlanta Hawks have also added Deshante Murray. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers re-added Ricky Rubio. I mean, it's uh, the the Bucks added Jeff Eagles. Cavs um, got Raul Neto, so you know. Oh, and Robin Lopez. Yeah, and Lopez. Yep. What what else happened? Uh, the Sixers got DeAnthony Melton for Danny Green. Um, they who else did they sign? The Sixers signed someone else. PJ Tucker. Yep. Um, the Raptors got Otto Porter, and then the Bulls got Andre Drummond and um, Goran Dragic. 
So the, the Eastern Conference is definitely not letting up, and there's a lot of teams that are still getting better or at least not getting any worse. And, of course, there's everything that's going on with Brooklyn, and we'll kind of get into that in a second. But just sticking to the East real quick, what have you thought about these moves that these teams have made? I mean, especially with the Hawks and DeJounte Murray, because I feel like that's the one that we're probably going to spend the most time talking about here. But, I mean, that's just a crazy, crazy move for them, and I think that's going to put them back up into the, the top six conversation. Yeah, the Hawks needed – they needed a jolt. They needed they needed something different. Um, you know, when they went on their Eastern Conference Finals run um, two years ago, it was on the defensive end. And then I think, you know, as, as, as humans, you know, you kind of start feeling yourself a little bit. So they showed up this past season feeling like defense was optional, like they were just guaranteed a spot back into the playoffs. And uh, it didn't really go like that. Um, you know, and then it still seems to be like there's some some friction between Collins and, and the front office and Collins and the style of play with Trey and his touches and all of that. So um, he's probably going to be moved. But I, I like what they did getting DeJounte because they needed a point of attack defender. Trey is one of the worst defenders in the league, uh, no matter position. And you have to put somebody next to him that can guard the opposing team's best, best guard. Uh, and DeJounte can for sure do that. And I think the Hawks offensively want to try to get Trey more off the ball, kind of like the Warriors do with Steph. So DeJounte kind of serves as that Draymond Green, but as a point guard, uh, you know, obviously he's more skilled, um, but he's going to be a all-NBA level defender. He's going to be able to run your offense, and then that allows Trey to get off of it. And then DeJounte can also break you down off the dribble. You got to guard him. So I think it's a I think it's a match made in heaven. Um, you know, despite what they paid to get him, I mean, to get great players, you have to pay a premium. So uh, because those guys don't grow on trees, and then DeJounte being only 25, he still has another level, I believe. Um, and I'd argue, you know. He he could be one of the top five point top three point guards in the league. Um, just as far as his two way ability passing, if he gets a three ball, it's a wrap. Um, so I, I really like them doing making that move because I think it bolsters what you can do with Trey Young, who's their best player. What have you thought about Milwaukee and Miami relatively staying quiet? I mean, as Milwaukee, is, it appears, is just going to – they're kind of running it back. Um, they've re-signed a bunch of guys, and then they've added Joe Ingles, which you would assume is going to be on like a veteran minimum or something like that. And the Miami, I don't think, has really done anything besides re-sign Oladipo. So what do you think about those two uh, not really doing much and then Boston still improving? Well, Miami, I don't think it's done yet. Pat Riley is always, you know, trying to work a deal to get that. He's He's been trying to land that big fish forever. So I wouldn't count them as done just yet. But, I mean, they were just in the uh, conference finals last year, and then the year prior they were in the finals. So uh, it's, not, it's not like they need to do much. They're definitely thin at power forward right now. Um, I mean, I think. I heard that they were trying to, they were looking at Jay Crowder if he's, you know, if they could get him. Um, but I think they're working on a bigger fish um, with, with Pat Riley and the, you know, 
uh, at the helm there. But the Bucks, I mean, I don't think they needed to do much. They they just need to be healthy. Like they need Middleton to be available. Uh, they need their big three to be available come playoff time. So, uh, yeah, that's all they got to do. I mean, they got a they got the best, arguably the best player in the league at the top of their roster, and they got perfect complementary number two and number three options in Middleton and Drew. They just need to be healthy. So, you know, they don't have to do much. I know you feel some type of way about this whole Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving thing. So what do you, I guess, what do you think? I mean, Kyrie Irving is just kind of like, I mean, he's just kind of there at this point. I mean, he's still a, a good player, right? Obviously, Kevin Durant is a way better player, but it's just so odd the way he's been treating things the last three, four years. And going back to when he agreed to sign with Brooklyn, like, strictly almost for, for Kyrie Irving, it seems. Like, what do you think about that whole thing with Durant at this point? Yeah, man, I, I, you know, whatever he's chasing, I don't, I don't feel like he's going to find it on the basketball court. Um, I, I think he's chasing, you know, like glory. I think he's chasing what, uh, you know, what Kobe gets in LA, what Dirk gets in Dallas, what LeBron gets in Cleveland. Um, obviously what Jordan gets in Chicago, like he's chasing that, but I think that ship has been sailed. Like you're never going to get that on the basketball court. Um, at this stage of your career, like you have to be, you need to be securing yourself and just make the best decision for you, you know, as far as your own journey. But I, I think he's chasing something that he's never going to be able to obtain on the basketball court at this point. And as long as that's the case, you know, he'll find himself susceptible following, you know, goof troops like Kyrie into uh, the the abyss of dysfunction because I, I, Kyrie now has blown up how many teams? <laughs> Cleveland, he wanted out of there, leaving LeBron. Goes to the, he goes to the Celtics to try to prove he can be the guy, number one option. That blows up, and then now he comes to the Nets, and he blows that up. It's just like I just don't see why any grown man with any set morals and principles would want to follow. Kyrie Irving and his foolishness like I'm not saying Kyrie is a bad guy but that's just not a guy that I would be following um like for me Kevin Durant is him like you supposed to be that guy um you know you shouldn't be following anybody you should be leading and it just seems like he's he just doesn't want to do that and so you know he's in the situation he's in partly I think because of that yeah, I, mean, I think even if you th- when you think about Kevin Durant at the end of the day, I mean the the first team that's gonna pop into my mind is still Oklahoma City, and the the farthest they ever got was a finals, and then, um, you know, so, some things happened, and they just could never keep that core intact. Um, I always thought that that group had solid potential, though. I, I think that if he had stayed with Golden State for a little bit longer, I think he would have seen a little bit more like that that glory that you're talking about right like that that Steph and Clay will have and it's not that Clay was even this like player that Steph Curry is but they're still going to get that glory because of the winning it's like the same thing with but with Scottie Pippen right like no he wasn't as good as Michael Jordan but he still talked about 
almost as much when you consider those Bulls teams because you're you're going to think about those 90s teams and then you're going to think about who else is on the team. And his name is going to be the second one that pops up each and every time. And I think that that's like a... I don't even think that Kevin Durant could get that at this point just because he's bumped around so much. Like he was at Oklahoma and then he was at Golden State and then he was at Brooklyn. And it's like, I think if if you're looking for glory, I think like the maximum amount of teams that you can probably play for in your career is like two maybe. Um, Unless you're just like otherworldly and you win a championship, like where LeBron left and then he came back. Um, like D- Durant, like uh, what is Durant going to do? Go back to Oklahoma City and win a championship? Like maybe that would solidify something. But outside of that, I mean, it's just, yeah, I don't see how he gets that, um, maybe that that feeling of glory that you may think he's looking for. So, Yeah, it's just it's, 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 it's going to be tough. Like because even OKC, you know, that's Russ's city, um, you know, because he's the one that stayed, you know, so it's like he don't really have a he doesn't really have a home. <laughs> like so it's like uh it's weird because he's one of the greatest players ever. But you don't really associate him with any particular franchise, you know, because and even Golden State, I don't think he would have ever taken that mantle from Steph. That's always gonna be Steph City. Um that's why I think Brooklyn was like this unique opportunity for for him and for Kyrie, because, you know, their basketball history isn't rich over the last, you know, years. You know, they're the they're the stepchild to the New York Knicks in their own, you know, in their own state. So it's like they're they're kind of like the Clippers. They were like the Clippers to the Lakers. So that was an opportunity for him to come there, you know, stake his flag down and, and kind of make that his city. And it's just kind of blown up in his face. And I, I really don't know what's what's next for him outside of just chasing chasing championships on other teams that are already established. Because you see his top two list were both the number one seeds in, the, in, in their conferences last year. So, you know, I, I just don't see how that plays over on his, you know, on his quest for glory. Like, <laughs> so we'll see. From the Eastern Conference, who have you been uh, most impressed with so far during after this point? Well, who do you feel like has improved the most? Uh, mm. Because, I mean, I, mm. it's probably between Boston and, and the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Just because... I would probably say Boston, though, just because... They really added like a top. They added a top five player. Like they added a top five rotation player without giving up anything. Really, um, they gave up a pick and then a bunch of guys that were at the end of their bench. Like they had their core. Their core seven guys remain intact, and now you add another guy who could be a starter for you at a position of need. Um, I mean that's. That's pretty that that's pretty damn amazing. Um, and then the Hawks, I, I got to see what the Hawks do with John Collins and maybe Capella kind of round out their roster more. But uh, like I said before, with DeJounte Murray getting a, a, an elite defender next to Trey Young, I mean, that was imperative um, because they were just bleeding points. So, you know, I, I think they're going to make a drastic improvement this year as well. 
And then the Hawks, too, even though they did give up the four picks in that deal um, that where they sent uh, Kevin Herter to Sacramento, they did get a pick back from them as well, which will probably end up being better than um, one of the picks that they had sent. I don't know whose picks that Atlanta sent to them. I forget. Um, but whenever you can get a pick from the Kings, you're like, all right, fine. Um, so <laughs> at least they, they make up some ground there on the picks they had given up. Uh, moving over to the Western Conference, before we get like too much into the thick of it, um, what did you think about John Wall deciding to to go to the Clippers? I, I thought that this was uh, one of the more popular landing spots. I, you know, basketball Twitter had been talking about it for a long time, uh, but but now it's finally happened. So, what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, when it first was kind of thrown out there that he was negotiating buyout, uh, where his next destination would be. First two teams that popped in my head, Miami or, or L.A. as far as the Clippers. Um, obviously, he lives in Miami in the offseason. And then L.A., just the perfect fit, you know, where he gets to be like that kind of third option distributor. Um, and he gets to play with a guy that he always wanted to play with in Paul George. So uh, it, it, it's, it's a perfect fit. I think he's going to have the opportunity to start there um, and, and really stake his claim back as one of the best playmakers uh Honestly, the league has ever seen. Um, if we if we keeping it all the way buck here, um, you know, career nine assists a game. Not a lot of guys that have done that in their career. So now you're giving him the two two of the probably the best wing tandem in the league when healthy that can do it all, shoot the ball. They got so much shooting in L.A. Um, you know, even off their bench. You know, you got Luke Kennard and Norman Powell off your bench. Robert Covington, like these guys are all career snipers. And, you know, John Wall gets to play with those guys on the wing. So it's the most talented team he's ever been on by far. And I think he's going to elevate them. Yeah, I mean, if if they stay healthy, I mean, for sure. I mean, you're talking about um, a team that could be probably inching in the, the top six at this point. Um, there are a lot of teams, though, in the Western Conference that were that, that did make some moves, though, right? Um, Phoenix hasn't really – I don't want to say they've gotten any better, but I also don't want to say they've gotten any worse. Um, we'll kind of see what happens with DeAndre Ayton and that whole thing. Um, the Grizzlies, obviously, as we mentioned earlier, got Danny Green, um, and then they sent out the Anthony Melton. So um, perhaps they get a little bit worse there. Uh, the, the Warriors' entire bench almost, save for Jordan Poole, has essentially been gutted, um, but at least they'll get back James Wiseman this year. Um, they'll have year two of Kuminga, Moody, and then they also signed Dante DiVincenzo. Um, the Mavericks got Christian Wood, JaVale McGee. Um, have the Mavericks added anyone else decent? I don't. Oh, no, but they lost Jalen Brunson. That's the one I was thinking of. So a little Brunson. bit of a hit there. Um, yeah. Rudy Gobert to Minnesota. I mean, my God, that that was that was really weird. But we'll, we'll really get to that in a second. Um, Pelicans haven't really made... Actually, have the Pelicans even said anyone yet? I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of. I, the only thing I think I've seen across, across the ticker for them was just re-upping on Zion. Um, uh, but other than that, I don't think they've really made any moves. Um, let's see. The Rockets are relevant. The Thunder are relevant. Um, the Kings have done some small moves for large in part. They're still relevant. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers made a push to get, uh, Jeremy Grant. Um, we'll also get into that. And then the Lakers also, they, they don't have the old man squad anymore, but they, they signed up a bunch of, 
odd-fitting, young, like, role players at max. So I'm, I'm not sure how much better they get. But going back to the top here, man, um, Rudy Gobert in Minnesota. Uh, and what was it? It was um, Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and who else? I forget. Not that it really matters. But it's what did you think? Tesla, was... I believe they're, they're yes, big man yes. just drafted. Um, then it was a couple of other pieces that were like bottom of the bench guys. But uh, yeah, I mean that that trade there. I mean they're going all in. Um, you know, Tim Connolly is kind of putting his staking his claim as the GM of that team. So uh, I think they look at Chat as you know. A guy, he's such a great shooter that they don't mind him moving out, swinging out to the four spot, and then kind of, kind of the same. I feel like it's kind of the same logic as what the Hawks were going with Trey Young. Like you have a guy that is so elite offensively, but they struggle defensively for whatever reason, and so you just go full on like we're just gonna give you the best possible player we can to hide your weaknesses next to you. Um, and they, and they're doing that with Rudy Gobert. Like, you know, it remains to be seen if it's going to work in this era of small ball, you know, is Rudy Gobert going to be played off the court again in the fourth quarter? You know, Carl Anthony Towns, how's he going to hold up sliding them puppies against, against wing players, you know? Um, and how is the transition defense going to be with two centers basically out there? Um, it's going to be interesting, but I I applaud the 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 gusto it it takes to go and 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 try to make that move. So I, I'm I'm anxious to see it. Yeah, man, it's definitely going to be um, fun, and and you love to see the, the the big trades like that, especially something not in the Eastern Conference where you can admire it and not be like, ah, oh, that's really going to screw my team. Um, let me see, just going down the list here. I don't think anything else that anyone has done is really sticking in. Oh, I guess the Lakers. Let's talk on the Lakers for a second. Um, so obviously Russell Westbrook is going to opt into that money because literally any other team that he signed for, if they wanted him, um, was probably only going to pay him like $2 million or something. Um, it's probably what he's worth in all honesty at this point. Uh, Troy Brown Jr., Lonnie Walker, Damian Jones. Um, they also, uh, who else? Uh, JTA from the Warriors. So they've added these young role player types that, can't really shoot so i'm not sure how much better they can get i mean right now i mean they're probably not even a play-in team again i i would say i mean where do you where do you think the lakers are at this point i mean it's 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 a sad state of affairs for them um i mean their their fan base at this point is talking up thomas bryant like he's you know the next coming of uh <laughs> uh kevin garnett or something um, you know, I think it's just, it, it is what it is when you got, you know, Russ, LeBron and 80 salaries at the top of your, your payroll, you just don't have a lot of money to go and do anything unless it comes via trade. So, you know, they're, they're, they're shopping in the, in the, the, you know, the clearance rack, you know, all of the guys that, you know, either other teams didn't want or didn't feel was worth keeping or paying. That's who they they pretty much shopping through. So, uh, 
Yeah, they're going to have to, it's going to have to be LeBron MVP level, Anthony Davis first team all NBA level, and somehow them uh, keeping Russ at bay. I don't know if that means off the bench or limited minutes. I don't know. Um, For them to really do anything, and they got to stay healthy because they have no depth. The the Lakers have it, – it doesn't benefit the Lakers at this point to, like, force themselves into playing Russ because he's inspiring contracts. So, I mean, he's going to have the same value no matter how good or bad he is throughout the season. So, if I'm the Lakers, I'm looking at it like – like, if I'm Darvin Ham, I'm looking at it. Okay, so here's what this guy can and can't do. This is either going to gel with some of the other guys in the starting five or it's not. Quite frankly, I don't think it, his play style gels with anything. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for him to come off the bench because, again, there there's nothing for them to protect. Like, like last year, they kind of had to force themselves into playing him a little bit, I feel like, just so he, they didn't lose any trade value because they knew he was going to accept his option. So then when he accepts it, then it's like you can sell it to other teams, right? Like, well, he started for us this whole past season. Uh, we had some injuries, you know, whatever. Um, but now it's literally like it doesn't matter what he does throughout this next season because he's still going to be expiring. So he's still always going to be a valuable piece for a team that's looking to get off of salary. But in terms of trying to protect him as an asset at this point, um, there's nothing to gain from that from the Lakers. So if if they see it best for him to come off the bench, uh, then I think that Darvin Ham should do it. And if Russ has a problem with it, well, then he can hold out. And the Lakers probably aren't missing out a whole lot on anything if he does that. So right. that's how I kind of feel that's about good. that. Yeah, I mean, I, if, if they decided to start Kendrick Nunn at point guard, I would not be shocked by that. Um, yeah. I just think he's a guy. You, you got to have guys on the floor that can play off the ball if you're going to be running Anthony Davis and LeBron. Um, just Russ just never made sense. That's how I didn't understand why they pushed so hard for that. But I, I thank them for it because I feel like we're in a much better position now than when we would have been had we tried to keep going down that path. So, uh, you know, shout out to LeBron for that. <laughs> how much better do you think, since the Mavericks are the other team in the Western Conference Finals this past year, how much better do you think that they've gotten? I don't know if they've gotten that much better, like, if at all. Like, okay, so they're going to be at, re-adding Tim Hardaway Jr., essentially, right, because he didn't play. Um, and then you add Christian Wood, but you do lose Jalen Brunson. So I, I guess your starting five at this point is you got Luka, you have Reggie Bullock, you have Tim Hardaway Jr., and then um, Christian Wood at the five, unless they put Christian Wood at the four and then play McGee at the five. Um, but I guess, guess it would be uh, Kleber who plays at the four. I don't know, but it still feels like they have a lot of holes on their roster right now. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's a really good roster outside of Luka. Um, I think this past season was kind of flash in the pan because the West was so depleted with injuries um even even them knocking off the suns like those guys like chris paul was hurt um so it's just like you know i feel like they probably kind of overachieved a little bit this year um and i feel like this coming year might be kind of them coming back down to earth with with teams getting back healthy you know to, to see what the blazers do 
Um, Because I feel like any team with a healthy Dame Lillard on it is going to be competing for playoffs. Um, So as you see the West kind of return back to its normal form, the Nuggets get healthy. uh, I just think, you know, Dallas, I'm just looking at their roster. Like, I just don't see really a a championship contender outside of just give the ball to Luka. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Blazers should be more competitive this year. Um, we'll see what a full season of Sabonis does for Sacramento. You know, they still got um, Fox. They got Kevin Herter now, uh, Keegan Murray. Uh, the, the Lakers will still be in the mix, I think, of course, just because, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis can't take that lightly. Uh, the Spurs, I think, will probably miss the, the play in this year unless, like, Josh Primo just takes this huge-ass leap that I'm not seeing. Um, the Clippers will be getting healthy. The Pelicans are getting Zion back. The Timberwolves should, you, you would think, be a little bit better or at least around the same. Um, Denver added KCP now. You know, so the the Western Conference is still going to be pretty tough this season. So I think it's we're really going to see what Dallas, Utah, the Clippers, the Lakers are going to see what teams like that are made of. Um, just because, like you were saying, everyone's going to be back to to healthy for the most part. Um, quickly on the Wizards, does a, we we really wanted to give Chase the opportunity to speak last week, but. What's been your overall impression so far of our offseason and just sort of how Tommy's managed the the draft, free agency, trades, all of it? Just what do you think? Um, I, I, You know, I give it a solid, uh, you know, B minus. I mean, I think he's done the best with kind of the, his the mandate of not moving picks. Um. <laughs> You know, but I don't know how much better it makes them in in a very, very crowded East. Like, this is probably the deepest I've ever seen the Eastern Conference. Um, To the point where it's it's deeper than the West, which I, you know, we probably haven't been able to say that, haven't been able to say that since, I don't know, the the Jordan years, maybe? (laughs) Like, it's, it's, yeah, this is a very, very deep conference. So even, even if you improved, you could end up in the same spot you were last year. So, you know, uh, we'll see what happens with the Nets um, and what they do if they blow it up or, you know, stay in pat. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, the, the, it's it, I, I like the moves just on their on their. Just on their face, just just looking at the moves individually. But like I said, just overarching for the Wizards, it's like, all right, well, is it enough to really get to where you're like, all right, comfortably, this is a top six seed in the East. I can't I can't go there yet. So but we'll see. They're going to have to do it on the court. I feel like the the trade just going back to it real quick was like. Like, I feel like we got the, the better players in the deal, right? But again, it's not. The needle moving move, like it's not the DeJounte Murray, um, Shea Gilgis Alexander move that I think everyone was just kind of holding on to, to some hope for because we're just tired of being so mid. But again, like you were saying, like Tommy's offseason right now is probably at like a B minus C plus, which it's not 
it's not bad. Like, it's not bad enough to where it's like, okay, this guy needs to go. But it's also not good enough to where it's like, okay, I really want this guy to stay. So, um, I don't, at this point, I don't know what other moves are, are left to be made. Uh, Chase made it sound like last week that there is no consolidation move to come and that they like the depth that they have. So, um, hey, look, if if, the, if that's the way that they want to go, um, you know, knock yourself out. But I just, I'm really hoping that Ted just one day just wakes up and is like, can we just be aggressive once? You have KP now. He's still at a decent age. Kuzma's at a decent age. Beal's in his prime. Like all three of those guys right now are still in their prime. So if there was ever a time to to make an make a move and be aggressive and try and be as relevant as you were in 2017, I feel like the time is now. And I just don't want them to sit on it to and, and then wait for Beal to be out of his prime or um, KP just gets kind of hurt for good. Maybe Kuzma doesn't uh, play as well in a couple years. It just I. I just would have liked them for be to for them to be a little bit more aggressive this off season, and it, and it just he Tommy's just kind of uh, you know he just he's just like a well we'll we'll play it by ear kind of guy you know he, he just doesn't seem like overly like interested in being aggressive to improve the roster. Yeah, I I think he wants to improve it, but I think he wants to pr- improve it. There are stipulations with it, like. They seem to be hell-bent on not moving draft picks. Like, they're just not going to do it. Um, you know, they did it in the case of the wall trade, but that pick was so heavily protected. Um, and it's funny how that's kind of holding, that's kind of blocking them from other deals now. But they're just not going to move picks. So it's like they're working within those confines of not moving first-round picks. And it's like, okay, well, how much better do you think you're going to get unless you think Bill B.O.K.P. is Kobe Gasol or something. I don't know what what you expecting to to really accomplish if you're saying it's about winning a championship. Um, you're giving Bill a supermax salary now. You don't do that just to go sit on your hands. Like you just saw what the Timberwolves did. They paid Carl Anthony Towns his supermax salary, and then they went big fish hunting. Like, what's the point of paying that salary if you're just gonna be content with Right. mediocrity like what what's the point of that so you know and then for me i guess for me just being a long time fan of the team i've never seen them go after and land the big fish right like so for me it's like a a principal thing like it's like damn man like when are y'all ever gonna just like grow a pair and go and go just take the risk like because if you're not gonna you didn't do it in the wall era you haven't shown that you're willing to do it now under the bill era. So when are you ever going to do it? Like if we was to blow this thing up and you find another player just as good as Wall or Beal, um, which honestly probably isn't that likely. But let's just say they do. And then you got to pay that guy. Probably at that point is going to be three hundred million dollars on a max deal. Then what? You're just going to sit on your hands again and you're just going, you know, collect a bunch of mid and and just, hey, we got our max player. That's all we need. We're good. Like what? I just I just want to see them just from a philosophy standpoint as an organization, like really just 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 change the the 
what has been with this team for the last 40 years. Like, go out there and take the risk, man. If it fails, it fails. But at least I can look at you and say, hey, man, they tried. They hadn't tried before, but they tried this time. And I can tip my cap to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just look at it at this point like, dude, you've supposedly been improving the roster for the past, like, three, four, however many off seasons now that he's had. And it's just like, we haven't gotten any better. And actually, we've got worse. And I know that Tommy likes to throw out all the injuries and the, the COVID and whatever, blah, 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 stuff that literally any other team has to deal with. So I just don't buy it. And I just don't want to, to hear the excuses this season of, well, we had a lot of roster turnover, this and that. Like for a guy that really likes what he has, he seems to make a lot of moves to to continue to try and improve it, and that's fine. Like, but again, I, and unfairly to him, all of the roster turnover is indication that your original moves haven't worked. Because <laughs> if they would work, you wouldn't turn the roster over. Right. Yeah. So it's just it. It just sucks, man, um, because mm-hmm. I really wanted Tommy to be good. And again, it's not that I think he's bad, but I, I think that for this market, I mean, for, he's doing what he's supposed to do for like a, a mid small market team. But I feel like when you're in Washington, D.C., the, the capital of the nation, I feel like you should be a little bit more aggressive. And the, the DMV area is very basketball oriented. Like that's what that's what we love. And so you think specifically with the basketball side of things that they'd be a little bit more persistent on putting a winner together. And we just haven't seen that urgency, like you said, from from anyone for here uh, from here in, in a while. Yeah, I feel like Tommy would be perfectly suited for like the Indiana Pacers, um, you know, solid basketball city. But, you know, their ownership is just not vying for a championship. That's why Paul George left. Um, you know, I feel like he would be fine there because he could operate within those, you know, w- within that box. But I feel like D.C. being, in my opinion, a top five city, top 10 media market. Like, I just want more. You know, I, I feel like we should be getting the best of the best. Um, And we don't. You know, this team is kind of operated like, you know, it's operated like a small market team in, in the middle of you know, North Dakota some damn weird. Like, I, I just, like, I want them to actually operate like a a big city, you know, big media uh, franchise. Yeah, I know. Um, but that's what we all want at this point. So, so who knows? I mean, maybe there's, like, a, an OG Ananobi move to, me, to be made at this point. Um, and then maybe you can get a little bit more excited. But as of right now, I mean, it's like, yeah, we improved. We're, we're still, we still don't know who the starting small forward's going to be. Like, this is a, a recurring theme every year now, is we don't know who the starting three is going to be. It's just, it's frustrating. Um, is there anything else? But again, that's, you. it's not like they haven't tried. You know, they've been drafting wings for the last what, four drafts, five drafts? It's just one hasn't really separated themselves. So hopefully that changes this year. Um, anything you want to get into before we go ahead and cut this off? Anything free agency, trade-wise, anything summer league that you're looking for? Um, 
No, I, I, I will kind of piggyback off of what you were just mentioning as far as the starting small forward spot. Um, and I, and I asked this on Twitter, I did a poll, uh, who do you have as as the starting small forward? Well, well, let me say this: Who do you, who do, you, who would you put as the starting small forward? And then, who do you think the Wizards are going to put as the starting small forward, or if they're one and the same? Um, I think that right now they're going to go. Well, what what I would do is I would go Will Barton, um, and I think that. As of right now, that's what they would do just because of how they managed KCP last year. And I think they kind of like the the versatility that the, the our younger wings can bring off the bench. Uh, just the tough thing is uh, someone's not going to be getting playing time. Like there's probably 11 guys right now who all need playing time um, if you're considering – Johnny Davis, a part of that. So, because right now you have uh, Morris, Beal, uh, for kicks and giggles, say Barton, uh, Kuzma, and Porzingis. And then off the bench, you have Gafford, um, just going up here, Rui, Denny, Corey, and then DeLon Wright. And then that still leaves Johnny Davis not playing. So, um, but but I, I think that's who I would go with, though. I think I would go with Will Barton just because I know what I'm getting out of him. Um, I think that Beal could use someone playing next to him who can do a little bit more stuff um, off the bounce. And who knows, maybe like a full-time thing with if we watch Beal and Kuzma for a, a little bit, you know, it, it, especially when you add Porzingis in there, more high post stuff. Maybe we don't need that as much but um as of right now will barton is probably the the best three-point shooter between the wings as well um i still Rui has shown a lot but i'm still not i need to see a little bit more bigger of a sample size on Rui before i'm ready to call him like this this sniper um so i i would i would go barton at this point and you and you think that's who they're going to go with uh as well yeah, I mean, I, I think that's who they'll start the season with. I mean, unless Denny just has, like, an insane camp. Uh, I mean, it really wouldn't even surprise me if they started Kispert, to be honest with you, just because he gels with everyone so well. Like, his skill set, he's not, like, taking anything away from anyone else. So, um, I mean, I could see any three of the guys starting. Like, we finally got a shooter at point guard, so does it make sense to, to put Denny in there? You know, maybe um could you put Rui in there hypothetically and just go a little bit bigger at the three four i mean you could uh but i think it at minimum just because of the familiarity and just a, another veteran presence i think they'll start the season with barton but i i don't think that necessarily means that he'll stay there through the season probably make a case for all all of them um, good but that's but that's part of the problem like uh, I think this is going to be a very interesting training camp, and I'm I'm really excited to see what comes out of it. Like I want to see somebody grab the position by the horns, man, and run away with it. Uh, you know, be so good that it's like it's no doubt. Like that's the starter. And ideally, you would want that for Denny. I think the most, right? I don't care, honestly. It could be Denny, Rui, Kisper. I don't care. I, I really don't. I just want one of them to kind of like, you know, take the job. 
Yeah, I agree. All right. I think it's going to go ahead and do it for us today then. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you're not subscribed, please make sure that you are. Uh, rate us five stars. Leave us a comment if you have any questions, concerns, etc. Uh, my DMs are open, I think, on Twitter at any time. And uh, we'll see you next time. If you